So open your Bibles with me to uh, Psalms 100. Psalms 100. Um, we were listening on my iPod. I moved all my Christmas music into one section, and it just cycles through all these songs when we travel, and so it was nice. Um, but there was a song, and I ought to play it for you sometime or get the words. And the idea was, was being thankful. We give thanks. As long as we give thanks. And it's praying that this guy's praying that everyone will find their truth. And that if we love each other, we'll find the light that's in them. So we're listening to the words because it's a beautiful song, beautiful voice. Then you listen to the words of it and you're going, what? Huh? And it's so funny or sad or ironic when lost people try to be spiritual. Because, and, and how many of you thought of this through this week? We keep hearing give thanks, or on television, I'm thankful for. But thankful to whom? It's amazing how little we heard of thankful to our Creator, thankful to the, the God, the, the sustainer of this world. Thankful to the one who's provided all of these things for us. You understand, that was the purpose of Thanksgiving. And yet we've become so secularized in our society that we use these Christian terms with absolutely no meaning behind them. So who are we thankful to? Of course, we know who we're thankful to, right? Our, our, our blessed Savior, our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we know that every good and perfect gift cometh down from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variableness or shadow of turning. We know that that's where our goodness comes from. That's where our blessings come from. But there's another thing that I have noticed. Um, you know, now I'm, I am a murmurer. I'm a grumbler. You know, when things aren't working just right. I remember I was so mad one time because the navigation in my car wasn't working right. Isn't life hard? The, nobody knows the trouble I've seen because the navigation in my car wasn't working right. How many of you have ever been uh, fiddling with something and really mad about it, and then you realize how silly you are for being worked up about it? Um, I think about Dave McCracken when I was working there at the church in Stillwater. He took a missions trip to... to uh, Mexico City, and they brought us pictures back. And they had gone to a church that was in a community. And the community was built on the city garbage dump. And people lived in the dump. And they would grab pieces of cardboard or corrugated metal of some kind and build some kind of a hut. And they actually lived in the squalor because there were things there that they could live on. And, of course, people die very early who live there. And these people, they went into a church service, and these people are singing to the Lord with all their heart. Uh, I remember being in Africa, in Kumasi, in Ghana, one of the major cities in Ghana. And our hotel, and I remember complaining about the hotel because it was, Hi, Amanda. It's good to see you back there. I didn't know you were here. It, it was... Awful. I mean, my room had those kind of 
the windows that, you know, they're little pieces of glass like this that kind of close in a louver, and a bunch of them were gone. Um, the bathroom. It's awful. The, the tub, the tub wasn't really a tub. It was just a, a cement basin with a little hose. That was the hotel. Cold water, no hot water. The bed was a blessing. Um, and then we went outside. And right across the street, down the main street, are these tin corrugated huts that you've seen pictures of. And the people were smiling. And someone told me shortly after I'd gotten there, one of the, one of the uh, Ghana people, they said, Ghana was voted the happiest nation in the world. And I walk by this hut, and there are these, there's a lady and her children sitting there's a ditch that runs alongside the road and then the houses were there and they would have boards that would go across their houses and they were sitting on the boards dangling their feet in the water but it wasn't water it was the sewage smiling and singing um, the pastor's wife benedictine was her name i believe she um, had made us meals and they had brought in food for us because we couldn't eat the food that they eat. We'd be sick. And she made us, she wanted, she knew that Americans were coming. So she made us pizzas and there were little, little pizzas. It was some kind of bread dough that she had made. And then some kind of tomato sauce with tuna fish and hot dogs. She wanted to do something special for us. And they brought us out some little fish one time that was looking at you, you know, just little, all the bones and everything. And, you know, you're just going to eat it. They made us chicken one time and their chickens are different chickens there. They're just real small, brown kind of meat. And it wasn't cooked because they don't get that kind of food. And I remember asking her, so... Are these recipes that you normally make? Is this your, you know, what you make? And she says, oh, no, this is special food for you. And I remember that just cutting me because I lost 12 pounds in two weeks. I couldn't eat the food. And they were wishing they had it. Um, and I came home thankful. I came home thankful. You know, when you go to the cupboard and you're mad because the Oreos are gone. I'll never forget, I had brought food with me and I had this little bowl of um, beefaroni, quality food, right? And a little styrofoam thing. And they had an old beat up microwave. I couldn't believe that a microwave there in the, this little hotel. And so I went into the kitchen and I heated it up and there's, there was a, a girl that was waiting on us and she, she said, what is that? And I said, well, it's, it's macaroni and it's, you know what macaroni is, noodles? She said, yes, and it has some beef in it, some sauce. And she said, that's why your skin is so beautiful. Now, first of all, you know, I'm part albino. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody's ever accused me of having beautiful skin. So she's my new best friend. But she said... Um, that's why you have such beautiful skin, because you have good food like that to eat. Then she said, we pray and we pray and we pray that God will give us the wisdom 
of the Americans so that we can have good food like that to eat. And I was complaining in my mind that I was about to eat beefaroni. Um, life can be hard here in America, but not like other places. We need to be thankful. And we need to be thankful to the one who created us and allowed us to be here. Something else about thankfulness that I have come to learn, um, having been in the ministry for you know, all these years and having the opportunity to counsel, Laura and I talk about this, and those of you who minister understand this. Ministry gives you a great gift. It gives you the gift of perspective. The gift of perspective. When you are praying for other people and counseling other people, and working with other people, you find out how good you have it. Amen? You, you thank God. Thank you, Lord, for where you are. So you have thankfulness. But another thing that I found in counseling is the answer to almost every problem we have is thankfulness. Isn't that interesting? Um, if, if Laura and I are having trouble, and if I'm frustrated with her, well, I need to be thankful for what she's brought to my life. Because I'll tell you, uh, if, if it wasn't for her, when we got married, I am the most, this will surprise you, I'm the most scattered person in the world. I mean, I could live out of the back of my car before we got married. You know what I mean? At Denver, I saw Denver one time pull into church and reached into the back of his car off the floor and got a shirt and got changed to come into church. Where's Denver? Oh, there you are, right? There. Oh, that was Ty. He's pointing, that was Ty, not Denver. Okay. You remember that, don't you? Yeah. Diana, have you corrected that? She's tried. <laughs> How many of you guys would say that your wife has helped you in some of those areas? Would you raise your hand? Yeah. Um, so th that's just one. I never would have finished college. I never would have finished. I had been in college for eight or nine years when we got married. And I transferred in eight credits when I went back to school. I'd, I'd take classes that I wanted to. I'd learn what I want to. I didn't do papers on time. I, I, I took enough classes to date and play sports. Just a model of success. I, I had a guy one time, uh, Elliot Nymeyer, one of the men in the church, and I played basketball with his son, and he was a bit this... Brother Neymar was a businessman, and he, he called me aside one time, and he said, Jim, what are you going to do with your life? I don't know. I'm just doing. Just. And when I got married, Laura brought that stability and purpose and focus to my life that I didn't have. That's just one example. So when I get frustrated with her, and if you knew her, when I get frustrated with her, then what I need to do is be thankful. And I list the things that are good. Uh, uh, just, I'm going to get to the text here quickly, but I'll give you an example. She will be putting the food away before I'm done eating. She's a neat freak. 
if we're working on a project, the tools are put away before the job's done. Um, you know, for me, if I put my coat on the chair, I know where it is the next time I need it. it that's different for her. And so sometimes I'll get frustrated, but then I remember, I actually like living in a clean house. I like that. My way would not be clean. So those are some examples of just some, how thankfulness changes. So what I found in counseling is that thankfulness is the answer to almost every problem in every relationship. Thankfulness. So I want to speak to you this morning on the answer of thankfulness. The answer of thankfulness. So let's go through the scriptures and identify some things. Look at Psalm 100. Psalm 100. When life is hard, be thankful. When life is hard, be thankful. Look at verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him. And bless His name. Notice, we are His people and we live in His pasture. Right? And look at verse 5. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Now, notice what it says. His truth endureth to all generations. Just, just a little teaching right here that will help you a lot. When you see that word generations in the Bible, that's we think of the word generations as periods of time. That's not what the Bible's talking about. Generation comes from the idea of genus. It's the idea of your people, your race. So His truth endureth. It doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter who your people are. God's truth endures for you all the time. So wherever you are, all ye lands, that's what it says in verse 1, worship the Lord with gladness. Be thankful to Him. For he is good. When life is hard, remember that God is good and be thankful. Because when life is hard, you know what you need to remember? It could be harder. It could be harder. Again, the Africa thing. These men there, the, the Ghanan people are beautiful people, you know, physically attractive. And these guys, they, you know, they didn't wear shirts and they're all cut and they, they, you know, buff. They couldn't carry my suitcases. I brought all these teaching materials and everything. They couldn't pick them up. And I'd grab one in each hand. And it's not like I'm, you know, Mr. Studley. What's the difference? Nutrition. We have good food here. We have good nutrition. When things get bad, remember, they could be worse. When things are hard, when life is hard, be thankful to the God whose world you live in. And it's interesting, when you begin acknowledging your Creator how your perspective on your life changes. There's no way. The closer you are to God, the less you think of yourself. You see what I said? The closer you are to God, the less you consider or think of yourself. Because He is so great, He will consume your thinking and His purposes will consume your life and your problems fall by the wayside. They really do. So, the answer of thankfulness. When life is hard, be thankful. Then, when life is stressful, be thankful. Look at Colossians. Colossians 3. 
Colossians 3. Let's start reading in verse um, 14. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called, in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. When life is hard and when life is stressful and there's turmoil in your spirit and in your surroundings, be thankful. Allow the peace that God has given you. Remember where peace comes from. The kingdom of God, Romans fourteen seventeen. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So what's the order? You've got to have Christ's righteousness first. That righteousness doesn't come by anything that you do because there's none righteous, no, not one. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. The righteousness that you get, it must be a foreign righteousness that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you receive that as a gift when you trust Christ as your personal Savior. You repent of your sins and acknowledge Him as your Lord. And then that righteousness is applied, it's imputed to your account. So righteousness, you have righteousness. The result of that righteousness is peace with God and peace that can rule in your hearts. So now, let's testify for a minute. How many of you, let's say in the last month, have experienced turmoil, inner turmoil? Would you raise your hands? Amen. Amen. Do you know what's happening when we're experiencing that inner turmoil? The peace of God is not ruling in our hearts. Why not? Because we're not thankful. It's amazing how often in the Bible when you see peace, you see thankfulness. You see, the reason that we have turmoil many times is because we think that it should be better. We think that our lot in life should be better. Our experience at that moment should be better. We think we deserve better. We deserve more. If they knew who I was, they wouldn't treat me like that. Um, I was making an, uh, an appointment to have some work done on my mouth, some oral surgery. And I wanted it done at a certain time, and they couldn't get me in then. And I had a meeting that morning, and, and I needed it, the, the appointment later. She said, I'm sorry, we're not going to... And I said, you don't know who I am, do you? And she laughed. She said, no, I don't. I said, well, there you go. It was just, and it's funny. And I was, I was, of course, I was kidding, playing, right? But that's the way that we act. If you knew who I was, you would treat me differently. Well, when you understand who you really are, then you don't expect to be treated well at all. And you understand that peace that comes into your heart and you're thankful so the answer to stress, when life is stressful, be thankful. Number three, when life is worldly, be thankful. When life is worldly, be thankful. Look at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1.
This is an interesting text. Romans chapter 1. Let's start reading in verse 14. Verse 13. Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto. Now, that word let, um, we think of letting someone do something. Uh, this is the idea of stopping something or of getting in the way of something. All right? It says, but I was let hitherto. Um, you know where we use that in English? Anybody ever play tennis? When it hits the net, something hindered the ball or something comes in from the outside, they call a let. There's something in the way. That's, that's, that's the meaning here. All right? But I was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein, where? In the gospel. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Have you ever noticed that when you go to a beautiful place, the most wicked people in the world are there? Man, you go out west, you go to the Rocky Mountains, and man, the place is just full of tree huggers. I mean, the most, the most, the people that would just hate everything that we stand for, they're in charge there. Uh, Jacob pointed out to me the other day, there's a big problem out in the Rocky Mountains with beetle kill. These beetles are coming in and killing all of the cedar trees, all of the evergreens. They're just killing them all. You got to Colorado and there's, mountains are empty, but they won't let you kill the bugs to save the trees. So the people that want to save the trees because we need the air because of the ozone, right? How many of you have heard that? These are the same people that won't let you save the trees. He said, why do they do that, Dad? Because they're nuts. It's a mental disorder, man, the way their brains work. Um, but anyway, when you go to these beautiful places, uh, we were watching something and uh, it was about Amsterdam. And Amsterdam is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And it's also one of the most wicked cities in the world. It's amazing how where there is beauty that comes from God, that wickedness is there. Why? Look at the verse. Verse 20. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. i got to tell you, when you stand in the Alps, when you're, when you're there and it's different than the Rockies, in the Rockies, the Rockies are higher than the Alps, but you're starting lower when you look at the Alps and the, the majesty as you look at it. Well, for me... I immediately think of God, the Creator. 
When you go to these beautiful areas, the first time I drove from Knoxville, Tennessee to Asheville, North Carolina, how many of you have made that drive? Is it beautiful? Did you think of God? I'm sure that you did. Because that creation reveals the Godhead. God is clearly seen in those things. Right? Look at the verse. So that they're without excuse. But verse 21. Why are they without excuse? Because that when they knew God. How did they know him? Because it's clearly seen. He's clearly seen. They glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to vi- unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that in them that do them. That's an amazing passage of scripture. Do you understand the basis of that? This this when when you uh, do, do, let me ask you this question. Do you ever feel worldly? Where you're making a decision and sometimes you just feel kind of like you're away from God and you feel like the world is getting the best of you at that time. Do you all ever feel that way? Do you know what the answer to that is? Be thankful. Look at the Creator God. Look at what He has given you. Look at the blessing of the creation around you and acknowledge Him. Glorify Him for what He's given you. And what does that do? It fixes your mind. It gets your mind on the right plane, on the right path, in the right direction. The opposite of that is what the world has done. They look at the creation and they reject God and they're not thankful to Him for it and they worship the creation rather than the Creator. And look at the results. I'm just telling you, you go to Vail, Colorado and what are you going to see? Men with men. Women with women, working those things which are not convenient? Why isn't it convenient? Because it kills you. 
See, it is so interesting when we get away from glorifying God and being thankful for the order that He has given us and we take charge of our own decisions and we decide what is right and wrong, it ends in death. That's what it says. And you want to know something? They know it. Look at what it says. Verse 32, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Ellen DeGeneres, let's just, let's just act like she's a great person. No, she's wicked. And have you noticed she's becoming more and more and more wicked? It's amazing. Of course, I don't watch it. I'll just see the commercials. Now, listen. When I am becoming worldly, I need to thank God for who He is and the order that He has established and get back to the order that He has revealed through creation and through His Word. Amen? Amen. When I am worldly, I need to be thankful. Then, when life is painful, I need to be thankful. When life is painful, I need to be thankful. Look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's start reading in verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Isn't it interesting? When When you are ministering, you understand that you have received mercy. And it changes your perspective on everything. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Now, don't miss this. Have you noticed how often when God is revealing himself, he's talking about his creatorship? Because that gives him the prerogative to do whatever he wants with the creation. It's, it's important Then look at what it says, verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that's our bodies, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. 
knowing that He which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. So here's the idea. Understand that, look, life is hard. There's trouble in this life. But the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead means that when we die, He's going to raise us again, right? Now look what the Bible says. Verse 15. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the, th- might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You see, here's what's supposed to happen. When I have pain in this life, I understand that this physical body, that I have the treasure of Jesus Christ in this earthen vessel. But when I suffer, God gives me grace. And when I demonstrate that grace to others, it results in thanksgiving toward God. When I, when life is painful, what's the answer to that? I need to be thankful to God. Do you know that This life will soon be over. It'll soon be over. Can you believe it's almost 2011? Y2K seems like it was yesterday. Your life is short. The pain that you have, the answer to that in your life is thankfulness. Because God has given you so much grace. Amen? Amen. Let's finish this quickly. So when life is hard, be thankful. When life is stressful, be thankful. When life is worldly, be thankful. When life is painful, be thankful. When life is full of care, be thankful. Look at at Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. It's hard to do that when you're full of care. Let your moderation be known. <coughs> Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. So here's the idea: we as believers, our life is visible to other people. So rejoice always. Why? Because God is your Savior. So rejoice in the Lord always. Why can you do that? Because the Lord is at hand. He's with you. He's the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You're not alone. When life is full of care, look at what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. What does careful mean? Full of care. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When life is full of care, be thankful. Be thankful. When life is hard, be thankful. When life is stressful, be thankful. When life is worldly, be thankful. When life is painful, be thankful. When life is full of care, be thankful. When life is doubtful, be thankful. Look at Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. 
verse 1. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of, look at this, of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. So here's the idea. Paul's writing to them about all of this great truth. And he's saying, don't doubt this. Have full assurance. Don't let anybody deceive you. And here's what he says. Verse 5. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. You see, the best way to live is abounding in the assurance of faith that God has given you. The demonstration of that is thanksgiving. So when you doubt, be thankful that He's revealed the truth to you. When you doubt, be thankful that He is the God, the one true God. Be thankful. When life is doubtful, be thankful. Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. When life is over, be thankful. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. After, after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Those, that being clothed with white robes, that's the garment. That's the marriage garment of the believer. That is the Christians. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. When you understand that you can be thankful when life is hard, you can be thankful when life is stressful, you can be thankful when life is worldly, you can be thankful when life is painful, you can be thankful when life is full of care. You can be thankful when life is doubtful. When life is over, do you know what you'll do for all eternity? You'll be thankful. Amen? Life is hard. Life is hard. But God is good. Be thankful. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word.